Thank you for joining us for this episode. Today, we're talking with Dr. Keelan Morrison uh, from Scottsdale, Arizona on developing a cash pay business model and starting a business during COVID on the Optometric Insights Show. Well, thank you again for joining us for this episode of the Optometric Insights Show. We are uh, so excited to have Dr. Morrison with us today from Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, thank you for joining us. It's great to have you. All right. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so honored yeah. to be on the podcast and this is uh, really exciting. Yes. So would you tell us a little bit about yourself? I mean, we, we, we heard a little bit in the bio earlier, but tell us a little bit about um, your, your background, how you got into optometry school, you know, your journey with SUNY and your journey to get to Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah. So, um, I always wanted to be an optometrist ever since I was in middle school when I had a lot of problems with my contacts. Um, and so it kind of pushed me to be involved in the pre-optometry club in college, um, ended up being president my final year. Didn't really do much there. I wasn't the best president, but (laughs) it was really fun and, um, applied to optometry school, uh, went to NECO, which was awesome. Um, did my cornea and contact lens residency at SUNY in New York city, um, and then after that, went to um, New York Ioneer, worked there in the cornea department for about three years, um, doing and seeing all sorts of really interesting, wacky corneas, um, perforations and surgical, uh, surgical corneas, and kind of really learning the ins and outs. Um, and my husband and I uh, were, you know, working out there, having a lot of fun in New York, but we decided that we wanted to start a family. And so we moved home to Scottsdale, where my um, my family is, my family's in Tempe, so um, moved back to Arizona, and we um, the way that I got kind of into private practice here um, and owning a private practice so quickly after I moved out, which was I pretty much started my practice immediately in a city that I wasn't set up in at all, um, was that uh, my husband had started a company um, that did uh, mobile eye care. Um, we had it functioning in DC. Um, and then we were bringing it out to Arizona. So we said, how about I get a job and then you do your business and then we kind of support each other. And then I wanted to start my own practice eventually. So I said, you know, at some point when your business is up and running, why don't we switch? And then I can start my practice and then you can kind of uh, coast on what you've already set up. Um, and so I was looking for a job. I contacted like basically every ophthalmology practice in Arizona. And I only say ophthalmology because, um, it was what I was used to working in. I was used to working in cornea. I figured I would go into cornea. That way I could do my specialty lenses. Um, And long story short is that basically none of the big ophthalmology practices were hiring for anybody who did specialty contact lenses. And I knew that if I wanted to start a practice down the line, being involved in another optometric practice would maybe be um, something like of a non-compete, like where I couldn't leave and do my own thing because, you know, they would want to have that there, of course. Um, so I decided, you know, let's just do it. Let's open up a practice and let's just start really small and, um, just see if I can do what I want to do. Um, and then if it doesn't work, I can always go back to working for somebody else, but if it works, then great. And I've like, just accomplished my goals a little bit earlier than I had expected. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And and you picked one of the the best economical years and the, you know one of the most impressive years to do that 
you started your practice, I believe, this like it was around December 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. how was your first year? Um, it was very interesting. It was actually a really good year. Um, I had my first patient ever in my new office on February um, 20th of 2020. So you so you can kind of understand that like a month later, I shut down for about a month or so. Um, And yeah, COVID year was very interesting, but I think because I had just started the practice, I was still building my patient base. So it was kind of like maybe similar to what it would have been non-COVID. And the, and thankfully, I mean, I'm really blessed. Like everything turned out really well. Um, I made a profit the first year, which I think was, you know, something that I didn't expect to do. Um, and you know, things have just been continuing to get better and better, especially now that people feel more comfortable coming, um, coming out and and doing things, uh, again. And so, yeah, Yeah. it was a very weird year as, as you know, as a business owner to run a business and, um, potentially we could have had some more growth if we hadn't have had the pandemic, but we did. And I just tried to navigate it as much as possible. Yeah, my yeah. overhead really lean. <laughs> yes, very optimistic. That's that's that was a great way of thinking. So your practice is a little bit unique, right? Many many people that are out there who are listening to this are in a primary care practice, but that's not what you did. You started off and said, "Hey, we're going to really uh, we're going to really align in specialty contact lenses." When did you make that decision that you wanted to go into practice and have a specialty contact lens practice? Yeah, so that was basically my plan since I was in high school. Um, So it's been a long time coming. Um, As I said, I had a lot of problems with my eyes. And so the only lenses that I can wear successfully are sclerals. And they are the sclerals with the toric peripheral curves. I couldn't wear mini sclerals. Um, I, you know, I, I tried a ton of different things. So it's been a long road for me and my eyes. And what I really uh, noticed over the years was um, I really had to have a doctor who was willing to sit there and work with me for a long time um, because I tried everything. I tried ortho K, I tried softs, RGPs, um, mini sclerals, like literally everything you could think of. I've tried it and it didn't work for me until these lenses. Um, and that's what I wanted to bring to the table. I wanted to be a place where people with really severe problems could come and say, I've tried all of these different things before. What can I do now? It's not working. Um, what are some alternative options for me? Um, and I really wanted to be able to give them that time. So I spend an hour with each of my patients. Um, and every, even the follow-ups are an hour follow-up. And that's kind of how I schedule people. Um, and that's what I wanted to do with my practice. And so I was saying, how can I do this successfully Um, and originally when I had, uh, opened the practice, I did take some regular, like comprehensive patients, but honestly, they were few and far between. I was getting a lot more referrals for specialty based services anyways. And so it kind of just naturally lended itself to, um, I don't see many normal, normal, like comprehensive patients, um, at all. I would say about 95% just specialty, but that's like why I went into it right away. Cause I said, if I'm able to have a successful practice with just specialty patients, that's what I want to do. I want the difficult ones. I want the people who are coming from neuro, um, who are having like lots of light sensitivity, those types of patients. Um, and if I, and if I didn't, again, if I wasn't successful in this, it's okay. I can always pivot. Um, and I can pivot and I can make, um, more, my practice have more comprehensive patients. So I just Mm -hmm. tried it. Yeah. And it ended up, you know, it ended up working out. So I think 
That's really ambitious. That's, you know, so tell us a little bit about your, your, uh, the nuts and bolts of how you came upon your business model, right? An hour with each patient, you know, how are you figuring out these fees that you're charging patients? Is there, you know, a, a, a book that we didn't read in optometry school that talks about how to do this? Um, how did you come up with this model, particularly so you could create a profit in your first year? That's pretty impressive. And um, could you share your business model? Obviously not the dollars and cents, but the business model of how you do things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I want to make it known to everyone that like this is possible. It's possible to do whatever business model you set out to do that is like, if it feels right to you in your gut, you can do it. Don't let anyone tell you that you can't. Um, my business model is very similar to my friend, Stephanie Wu's. We started our practice at the same time. It's cash only. Um, we don't take any insurances. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I'm able to keep my overhead costs really low because I don't have to hire a lot of people to run the insurance company or run things through insurance for me. I don't have to have a large staff. Um, you know, I have, I have two people working for me now. Um, but, uh, one's part-time and then one's kind of a remote uh, person who answers my phones Monday through Friday. Um, and she just works from home because of COVID. <laughs> I would love if she could come in. Um, and, uh, that's, that's the way that I allowed myself to say, okay, if I price things at this rate, this is, and had this amount of overhead, this is what I could do. I kept my business um, or my practice size really small. So I'm in a really nice medical office building, but my rent is, is not expensive at all. Um, again, I don't have a large staff. I bought really nice pieces of equipment, um, but other things I don't have. So I don't have an auto refractor. That was a way to save some money for me. But because I was in at my cornea practice in New York, we just read it. We read everyone. I didn't use an auto refractor for, you know, three plus years. So I've never used it. Um, and so I just read everyone and, and that works for me and saved me a little bit of money. So kind of just doing mm -hmm. it where I, where I could <clears throat> in terms of the fees. Um, I talked with a lot of my friends who were doing say, similar types of businesses as me, um, uh, Ed Boschnik, um, Stephanie Wu, and, uh, you know, kind of just talked with them about like, what does your business model look like? Um, and mostly everyone, everyone that I've talked to is kind of on the same page where, you know, the chargings are or the pricing is somewhat similar. Um, I th would say mine is a little bit lower just because I just did whatever felt good to me. If I felt like it was a really good price for the patient, that's what I charged. If I felt like it was a good price for me that valued and honored my time, that's what I put down as my charges uh, or as my, as my pricing. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to keep it really fair for me and really fair for the patient and, you know, just valuing both their time and my time, knowing that I do spend a lot of time with them. Um, so that's, that's pretty much what I did. There wasn't any book and yeah, it is really hard to figure out what you're going to do. But, you know, if, if anyone has an idea for a business that say like you want to do a specific type of glasses or say you want to do like VT or a specialty with, um, children, like there is, there's a space for you. It's not oversaturated. Um, you can do it. You don't have to do the same business model as everybody else. Like you can do whatever you want to do as long as you believe in yourself and run the numbers and make sure that things make sense for you. And again, my number one advice would be like, if you're trying to do something different, just keep your overhead costs low. And then that way you yeah. can just try it out and you can always change your mind. 
Mm -hmm. So how did you start getting patients, right? You moved to Scottsdale uh, or you moved to Arizona and, and you opened this practice in Scottsdale and you had to hustle because you, you said you started getting patients right away. How did you market yourself uh, to get patients? Because you, you seemingly didn't know all the optometrists and ophthalmologists in the area. How did you get known? Yeah, I actually knew nobody that worked in the area. Um, I went in uh, knowing of one cornea specialist because he went to school with a fellow that I was working with in New York. So we texted each other when I moved out there and met up. Um, but basically, I just um, I typed up a letter and I sent this letter out introducing myself to everybody that I could think of and everyone that I could research online, just saying what I did, what my credentials were. Um, what my practice was going to be like. And then I, you know, went out and visited with people um, and had some meetings, um, talked with them on the phone. Um, I always liked to, I, I wanted to have a referral network too for my patients because I'm not going to be treating glaucoma. I'm not going to be doing those types of things. So I wanted to say like, who's good in the area for me to send my patients to um, for cataract surgery, for glaucoma. And so that way I developed these relationships with um, different uh, practitioners and um, got to know them. And thankfully I had like a, a couple of ophthalmologists were extremely supportive of me and my vision and my practice right off the bat. And those people have been like instrumental in helping me start my practice. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about um, your use of social media to educate patients, both yours and mine. Tell us a little bit about how that all came about and, and how do you use it for attracting your own patients? Has it been beneficial for your practice yet? Oh, definitely. And I don't think that was what I intended to do when I started it. I started in 2017 um, mm -hmm. when I was working at New York Eye and Ear just as like something fun to do. Um, and I posted about just things that I was interested in. I posted about a prosthetic lens that I created for a patient with a keratoprosthetic um, eye a keratoprosthesis and um, posted about like, this is dry eyes, this is macular degeneration and, and making it easy for people to understand who weren't in the optometric profession. And um, I always tried to provide a little value with each of my posts. So could someone take something away from this and either um, if you're a doctor, like find it interesting, or if you're a patient, find it uh, helpful and useful. And and it just kind of grew a little, you know, it grew over the years. And um, when I started my own practice, I did, I mean, I've attracted a lot of patients via my Instagram, which is still really crazy for me to, to think about, but people will come to me saying, oh, I saw you on Instagram. And that's like how I um, learned about you and your practice. And I don't know, it was, it's really cool. But my main thing that is just cool. like, I want to provide like some value to people who are, who are watching me. It's not, I don't usually go on there and try to like, sell something or like have patients book or like anything like that. It's just kind of like, what do I find interesting in the moment? And what is like my daily life look like? And um, then hopefully pay people will see that and say, Oh, okay. Like this is, you know, what she's doing. Maybe there's an option for me in terms of my eyes um, that I haven't tried mm -hmm. before. Yeah. That's, I mean, isn't it kind of cool that you, uh, you start this social media thing and then people start coming in the door to see you. So what would you recommend to other people um, in order to help them figure out how to use social media to attract patients to find them? 
Definitely. Yeah. So there's obviously some social media strategy that people who are good with it will tell you. Um, I just recently hired somebody um, to help me out at my office and she's like amazing with social media. However, I just hired her. So I haven't been doing anything prior Mm -hmm. to that. I would say my biggest thing is post about things that you find really interesting, that like a case that was super cool. Um, Anything that's really interesting, instead of just saying like, do a post for Veterans Day or do a post for XYZ where you're just saying, happy Veterans Day. Um, You know, you can do that stuff, but um, also... Post I was going to say, like, what do you have against veterans? I know. I love <laughs> veterans. I love the vets. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Yes. No, I have to honor the vets. But instead of doing kind of like things that everybody else is doing, just like pick yes. things that you find interesting and then post about that. And kind of like you can do it intuitively. You don't have to be on a schedule if you don't want to. I'm certainly not. Although I'm sure if I was, I would do much better. Um, but I just kind of think it like flows naturally. If I find something that's interesting and I want to post it, I post it. If I don't feel like posting, I don't post anything. Yeah. So do what feels natural and nice to you. Yeah. Very cool. (laughs) Well, uh, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time. I sure appreciate you joining us. This has been really cool. I think there's some really good tidbits in here about kind of developing a, a business model and, you know, establishing a cash pay practice is something that is possible. I think you, we can look to you as somebody who's already crushing it in that area. Um, The fact that you started a business during COVID and you still are doing well, very cool. Thank you for your perspectives on social media and the fact that actually doing it is something that can benefit your practice. I know that in um, maybe in our millennial uh, optometrists, they can kind of see that, but yet, so for several people who are just utilizing their social media for their own personal use, uh, they're not really transitioning that over into their practice. So I think we can look to you for that. So thank you so much. Is there is there some place that people can follow you and learn more about you? You spend time outside of your practice educating optometrists. I've seen you on Wu University and and uh, other places lecturing. Where are some other places that people can find out more about you or hear about your lecturing and so forth? Yeah. So you can follow me, um, on, uh, it's at Eyesplain, E-Y-E-S-P-L-A-I-N, um, on Instagram. If you want to follow kind of what I'm doing and I always post, if I'm going to be giving a lecture, um, on, on that platform. Um, and then my practice is your eyes in focus.com. Um, and it's, uh, in focus, uh, specialty contact lens and vision solutions. So, um, I just took a phone call with a, with a, gal the other day from California who owns her own practice and is really crushing it. And she just wanted to kind of talk through some things. So, um, yeah, I'm always here to kind of like talk with people about their businesses, their vision, their patients, um, and just, you know, swap ideas. I got some really interesting ideas from her too. So, um, always yeah. here to share knowledge and, and, uh, hopefully, you know, help some people out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Morrison. It's a pleasure to have gotten to gotten to speak with you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode of the OI Show. Make sure to subscribe and please leave us a five-star review so that we can get other people interested in hearing about our content. Have a great day, and we'll talk next time. Thank you so much.